WUKY presents health news you can use. It's Dr. Greg Davis on medicine. When it comes to disaster preparedness, we need to know that 25% of our population have a disability. And as Sydney Clark, my guest today says, disabilities should not be an afterthought. They should be thought of beforehand. I recently spoke with Sydney Clark, a UK alumna of the UK College of Public Health and now a disaster preparedness specialist for the Tennessee Department of Health about her advocacy and work on behalf of individuals with disabilities vis-a-vis disaster preparedness. Sydney, thank you very much for talking with me today. I was really intrigued by an article recently in UK Now by Chris Carney that talked about you, an alumna of our College of Public Health and some of the advocacy work that you've been doing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I work in emergency preparedness for the state of Tennessee. um, And the main component of what I do is trying to increase inclusivity for people with disabilities um, in the planning process. Uh, and trainings for emergency preparedness, um, professionals, um, exercises, and all of that sort of thing. And that started um, when I was at the University of Kentucky uh, my senior year. I did an independent study um, with a professor at the College of Public Health uh, where all of this research sort of started where I kind of discovered how many gaps there were when it came to disability inclusion and emergency preparedness. And what sort of gaps did you discover during that process? Um, So we just kind of saw that, you know, there's not even a universally accepted definition of disability. All different organizations, uh, different levels of government can use different forms of are different definitions of disability and so there's just kind of a disconnect there where it comes in like okay so in this space this person may have a disability but in this space it doesn't and so there's just a lot of disconnect where it was like where's the continuity here like we can't start at local level go up to state level and then federal level and all of these things don't make sense together um and that was one of the major things and then it was just sort of like we would see because i looked at all different states based on like seeing this criteria of what needed to be included in planning for people with disabilities and all different states um had different you know it was just all different across the board um and it, it, it just didn't make sense to me Um, So I continued that research uh, when I was in grad school, um, and then I, you know, ended up where I am now. And and when we talk about emergency preparedness, are we talking about both uh, potentially man-made disasters or natural disasters and what we need to do when those occur? Yeah, yeah. So it's everything. It's, you know, shootings. It's uh, tornadoes, it's uh, radiological events, I, I mean everything. Um, I work I work and help with planning for all of those things. And I would assume that sort of the ableism that's intrinsic to a lot of those preparedness plans include things like um, you need to drive here or you need to do this or that where a person with a disability might have difficulty carrying out those particular tasks. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and that's actually one of the projects that we're working on now is, um, you know, there's tabletop exercises where we have all sorts of different organizations there, um, and we wanted to sort of create these ready-made scenarios with different disability profiles so that we could have disability organizations, emergency management um, organizations, and say, okay, so... When it comes to communication, these are all the different things that may happen. Are they accessible? Are they inclusive? Is the transportation accessible? Is the sheltering accessible? Um, so that's one of the things we're actually working on right now is just because, you know, when it comes to planning, um, they a lot of times are like, okay, we want to include people with disabilities, but don't actually talk to people with disabilities. So it's kind of like, how can you include these people and not even include them in the conversation? Um, so we want to create these sort of ready-made exercises that bring all of these people to the table so that we can make sure that everyone is being heard, especially the people that need to be heard. Well, and one of the things that the article highlighted was that you have particular empathy for people with a disability that, that you personally know what they're going through. Yeah, so that's one of the things too is, so I'm blind. Um, I have a genetic condition called Leber's congenital amaurosis, and that's basically where my retina deteriorates over time. So I started out when I was born with, I was still legally blind, but as I get older, my vision gets worse. And so, um, and, and I've been through the process of being in those situations where and I'm scared to say something because, you know, maybe I'm younger, I'm just uncomfortable or whatever. Um, and I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm in this situation to be able to say something um, and work towards making things more inclusive and making these connections to include more people that need to be involved in this process. And so um, it's, you know, it's I've I've learned personal experience and how important advocacy is and not necessarily me advocating for other people with disabilities, but trying to let them have a voice also. I know how important that is because I used to be a little scared to say stuff and you know, I wanna help push people to be in that position to be able to, to help themselves um, advocate also. Well, Sydney, before we part, is there anything else you would want our listeners to know about your work and your advocacy? Um, I think it's just, and I, you know, I said this in the article, it's just important in any space. It doesn't have to be emergency preparedness, but there's always spaces where we can improve. Um, and when it comes to people with disabilities, it's kind of a, a taboo thing or people don't want to ask questions because they think it's rude or they think it'll be uncomfortable, but it's just important to have those conversations and it, you would be really surprised on how happy it makes people to have those conversations because it means people care. Um, so, you know, if, if I could just say one thing, it would be just have those conversations. It's, it might be uncomfortable, but it will get comfortable and it should be. It's a, it's not a weird or strange thing. It's, you know, 25% of our population have a disability. So, you know, it's, it should be a normal thing. So that's, you know, what I try to talk about and, you know, let people know that you can ask me anything. My thanks today to Sydney Clark, 
a disability and preparedness specialist for the Tennessee Department of Health and alumna of the UK College of Public Health for talking with us about disaster preparedness and disability. For more information, visit our website at wuky.org. With health news you can use, I'm Dr. Greg Davis on medicine. Dr. Greg Davis is a forensic pathologist at the University of Kentucky who volunteers his time to cover important medical news for our community. This program is available as a podcast at wuky.org.